Hello everyone, I'm Emily Lavender and this is the Forever Marriage Podcast. Forever Marriage at Lakewood exists to strengthen families by helping couples discover God's design for marriage. Scott and Dawn are here with me again today and we are on episode 26 and we're going to be talking about covenant marriage still. On the past two episodes we've talked about covenant marriage, Mm -hmm. the three types of relationships in episode 24 and then in episode 25 we talked about um, rights that you give up. So the right to priority, the right to ownership, and the right to privacy. So if you missed that episode, you can go to forevermarriage.org and, and check that out. But today, we're going to be talking about responsibilities that you pick up in marriage. So talk to us about the responsibilities that we pick up in marriage. Yeah, I hope this is encouraging because, you know, the last episode we talked about rights that you give up, and that I think that that's really, chal- it's challenging. We don't mm-hmm, We don't yeah. want to give up rights and to actually, you know, prioritize another person to to understand that I don't have I don't own anything anymore. I don't, I don't own myself. That there was this exchange when I became a believer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my uh, my whole life, everything about me belongs to Christ. And then when I stand at the altar, there's an exchange of ownership in in mine and Scott's life and, yeah, and yeah. of our bodies. We belong to each other. Mm-hmm. First so, Corinthians seven. That's yeah. right. So these are these are kind of can be some and certainly the the right to privacy is a definitely a challenge because mm-hmm. we you know we want to kind of keep some things to ourselves mm-hmm. and so that can get out of hand and we talked about that a little mm-hmm. bit but I want this to be an encouraging time for you mm-hmm. because as you pick up responsibilities these responsibilities as you as you sort of lean into the Holy Spirit to empower you us Mm -hmm. to pick up these responsibilities and actually put them into practice then it's not as difficult to under to give up the rights Mm -hmm. that's right then then when when we embrace these responsibilities and understand how life-giving they are to us we don't miss the things that we've given up Mm -hmm. so much Mm -hmm. in fact we value the fact that we have given them up right? right we we don't just you know we don't just um i don't want to say um give them up uh, uneasily or hold on to them begrudgingly yeah. thank yeah. you emily that's exactly her. the word i was the looking word for the word of the day is begrudging that's right but we let those things Adjective. go and we we don't invite them back very easily mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we under because we ha- we are building some value and we're building um some contentment of being in our relationship even though there are challenges mm-hmm. so these le- this lesson's really important and i hope that you find it encouraging yeah so the first responsibility guys we want to encourage you to pick up as we said in episode 25 we talked about rights that we give up now we're talking about responsibilities that we pick up the first one is this is to love unconditionally and you've heard about this in in your wedding chances are the pastor who officiated your wedding most likely read from first corinthians uh, chapter 13 and talked about all the various aspects of love that love is kind love is patient love keeps no record of wrongs all of those aspects and really what you were being challenged in is loving unconditionally now you might say well how do you do that practically we for husbands i love going taking husbands to this passage because obviously we're told in ephesians 5 as husbands that we're to love our wives as christ loved the church but most guys need a practical application or a practical illustration of how that's done i always take them back to romans 5 8 because romans 5 8 says it this way but god demonstrates his own love toward us 
in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So overlay that passage, guys, with me into your marriage. It's simply as saying this, that I love, out of the love that God through Christ has given to me, I give that same love unconditionally to Dawn, regardless, even if, just like the passage says there in Romans 5, 8, in that while Dawn may still be sinning, maybe she's selfish or whatever. Not that Dawn's anything like that. Right. No, yes. That's correct. That's correct. You are practically perfect in every way. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> if you were in your worst days being like that, I am still to love you unconditionally. Now, let me say this, guys, and I'm speaking to both husbands and wives. Loving unconditionally, you have enough goodwill in you that you can do that on a short-term basis. But that cannot be done long-term because inevitably we think about this, well, if I'm doing this for Dawn, then she obviously will eventually start doing something back for me. That's not the nature of unconditional love. Unconditional love is giving, expecting nothing in return. That's really what Christ did for us through Romans 5, 8. And so we're doing this, but it has to be done through the Holy Spirit within you, empowered by what God through Christ has done for you. Holy Spirit through you by what God through Christ has done for you. If you're attempting to do it in your own self-will and discipline, I will tell you, you're going you're gonna to run out of gas eventually. Yeah. It mm-hmm. just has a limited time frame to it. Now, this is what Dawn and I find in marriage. Marriage is, is a platform that God gives us to help conform and transform us more into the image of Christ. Now, how does he do that? He puts a person namely our spouse, in our path that occasionally will need love from us the most when they are the least deserving of it. Mm -hmm. And that is how we're afforded an opportunity to love unconditionally. When our spouse has just had a bad day at work or the kids were hellacious at home and we come home and they're just not as perky and loving and responsive and attentive as we hope they would be. That says, okay, here is an opportunity for me to love unconditionally. Because understand this, your spouse is going to need love from you the most when in your mind you feel they're the least deserving of it. And that is the Christ life. That is, and it's it's a beautiful, I don't want you to hear it as this grudging opportunity before you think of it thank you lord that you give me an opportunity to demonstrate the unconditional love of christ for my spouse because it is about perfecting the character of christ in you of what paul talks about in galatians 5 23 fruits of the spirit of love of joy of peace of patience of kindness of goodness, of gentleness, of self-control. All of those attributes come out of us when they're being tested. Because think of it. 
it's not hard for Dawn to love me if I'm acting in ways that are very loving back towards her. Mm-hmm. Jesus said in Luke six thirty two, Scott, what's the big deal if you love Dawn if she's acting loving? Sinners can do that. I'm paraphrasing, but just go look it up, Luke six thirty two. It's no big deal if we love people unconditionally when they're loving us unconditionally back. Anybody could do that. Mm-hmm. But the test is, can I love Dawn unconditionally? Can she love me unconditionally when we're acting in ways that is unloving? Mm-hmm. Well, it reminds me of, I think, Romans, when we were yet sinners, Christ yeah. died for us. That's so right. it's, mm-hmm. it's, really, right. it's really walking in his, in his ways by mm-hmm. when, loving when it's hard. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So the first responsibility that we pick up is to love unconditionally. The second one that we pick up is to honor respectfully. And this passage out of Romans has become one of my favorites in recent years. This I'm reading from the ESV, Romans 12:10. Paul said there to the Romans, "Love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor." So in, in, in essence, this idea of honoring respectfully, in covenant, it literally means is I'm going to descend into greatness. Because <laughs> in our culture, we think that greatness is an ascent. You know, in the business world, we move up the corporate ladder. Often we're stepping over, we're climbing over other people to ascend to greatness. But in the kingdom of God, greatness is not an ascent, it's a descent. You know, Jesus, Philippians 2 tells us, he humbled himself and came down to this earth, taking on the form of a human, fully God, fully man, he came down, he descended to our level to become one of us. He was acquainted with all of our issues, uh, yet without sin. So it, he descended to us, and really, in the kingdom of God, greatness is not an ascent, it's a descent. And we honor one another respectfully by descending into greatness. It's almost a race between me and Dawn to be the first to be last. We've got some friends in Alabama, um, Jeremiah and Jean Castile, and I always think about them when, when I'm teaching this passage. Jeremiah uh, played football for um, Bear Bryant at University of Alabama and then went on to have six-year uh, career in the NFL with Tampa Bay Bucks and Denver Broncos. We were doing a conference with – them a few years back and we were talking about just honoring our wives he and I were out running and um, he (laughs) he said uh, you know Scott Gene has been honoring me a lot and I thought I'm not going to let that woman out honor me (laughs) so I made it a point that I was going to outdo outdo her in showing honor and it just tipped sent me to this passage because I thought that's just a beautiful picture you know I've honey we've never had anybody come in our office and say you know Benji and Emily is never going to come in our office and say Scott and Dom I am tired of being honored 
Uh, Benji is honoring me. He's speaking highly of me. He values me in front of our kids. He insists that our kids treat me with respect and dignity, and I'm sick of it. And if he continues this garbage, I'm out of here. I don't think we ever will. But so marriage is really this this idea about honoring one another. Can I outdo my spouse in showing honor? Now, it sounds don't hear me. Don't get caught up in this um, competitive idea that it may sound like. But it's to say, look, I'm going I'm going out of my love for Christ. Ephesians 521. I'm going to honor you to mm-hmm. demonstrate the same love, dignity, respect, value, and honor that God through Christ gave me, I'm going to give that to you. That's right. And, uh, you know, when we, when we give honor, I mean, when we, when we think about honor, it is, you know, it's giving esteem. It is, Mm -hmm. it is a way of thinking about someone. Mm -hmm. And so as you're practically speaking, and I, you know, there were certainly times in our relationship where it was really hard for me to esteem Mm -hmm. you in a place of honor. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't even want anybody to even talk to me about that Mm -hmm. because I thought you don't know who I live with. You know, you see him leading worship on Sunday mornings, but when we get in the car, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's the gloves are off and things are not great at home. So I didn't want to see all of that, but you know, for if it helps you, I think that it's important for us to think truthfully about each other. Mm-hmm. And they, before I look at Scott as my husband, there are two other biblical truths about him that I need to think through. And the first one is Scott is made in the image of a holy God. He is created in the image of God. All humanity is created in the image of holy God mm-hmm. of a holy God, mm-hmm. which is why we value life, which is why we we are to think twice about how we treat anybody, mm-hmm. whether they are a believer or a non-believer. We should think about how we That's think right. about people because they everybody is created in the image of a holy God. Mm-hmm. Secondly, Scott has been bought with a very high price, mm-hmm. the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son. And so he has a he has a, a preciousness to him by the Father that is true of him whether I believe it or not. Mm-hmm. God's opinion of Scott trumps my opinion of Scott every single time. And it's important for us to think through that in our homes because I think that fosters a culture of honor. Mm-hmm. That when we think of people as as loved by God, created in the image of God, dearly loved by God enough that he would send his son to pay, to shed his blood for that person, mm-hmm. um, that have a new identity. God has, has claimed that person as his child. That It helps me to think twice about how I speak to that person, yeah. <clears throat> how we conduct ourselves in our home with one another. Do we develop a culture of honor behind closed doors at 771 Crestview Terrace? Yeah. You know, what, does that, what, is, what is it like to actually be in our home? helps yeah. us to understand honor. Mm-hmm. But when we're struggling, when we're acting less than lovely, uh, I can work through those two truths mm-hmm. biblically, and it helps me to be able to figure out, now how do I need to communicate to Scott in such a way that we resolve this conflict or that we don't exacerbate it or make it worse by mm-hmm. speaking to each other uh, in horrible ways or treating each other or uh, ugly? You, 
go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, I was going to say, you know, running through those two truths about who Scott is or who, who your spouse is really, I think, would help bring you to more of a compassionate heart, you know, That's right. yeah. to see, okay, what's going on? Why are they acting like a jerk? Like yeah. there's something else happening. It's not, you know, so That's I think right. it would help to bring about a heart of compassion. That's good. I want to talk about Benji and Emily real quick. Oh, boy. Go ahead. Because <laughs> um, I've noticed this with y'all, Emily, and a little bit of a backstory. We were having a debate with Emily's husband, Benji, yesterday about one of our local eateries, and mm. do they serve grilled salmon. Dawn and I had just eaten there. We eat there frequently, and I've never seen grilled salmon. That's beside the point. So Benji, Emily's husband, was trying to defend himself to the rest of the staff in the office, none of which had seen grilled salmon either. So we are like, so Benji... <laughs> <laughs> you have to know Benji, but he was kind of like on the defensive. And so I called Emily and I put her on speakerphone. I said, uh, M, does, uh, I've got Benji here and we're in a debate. And what did you say? What was the first words out of your mouth, Em? Do you remember? I don't. Are you say, no, you said, can you help me with something? I said, yeah. what is it? <laughs> yeah. But this is what Emily says. She doesn't even remember, but I called her. She, when she found out Benji was in the room, she said, hey, my love, okay, oh, mm -hmm. I have been given a lot of consideration to this, guys, and I'm talking to Dawn and Emily, but I'm talking to you, too. I've been thinking for the past several months, as Dawn's talking about this idea of honor, I'm learning more and more. Um, I've, I've seen you and Benji do it. I think I got a text message from you and Benji or an email that one was from you and the other one was from my love because I guess it's how it's in your phone or whatever. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I've got uh, a text okay. message Emily from and Emily love. and my love. Okay, I, I didn't know that it, <laughs> yeah, it shows up as my love. So. Okay. <laughs> We're both in each other's so <laughs> as my love. Oh, I love it. But here's the point, and it's a beautiful point, I think. I'm learning, Emily, that language leads your heart. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is what Dawn is talking about here about honoring. <laughs> is as you speak to Benji in an honoring way, hello, my love. Mm -hmm. You most people may think that's no big deal. It is a huge deal because what comes. Jesus says, what is coming out of the mouth is what's in the heart. Mm -hmm. Matthew says. And so the whole idea, I want to encourage you in this idea of honoring respectfully. As Don was saying, just begin observing. How do you speak to your spouse? Do you speak to them in an honoring, loving, respectful way? In ways of, hello, my love, or good morning, darling, or however, whatever word of endearment it is for Benji and Emily, it's my love. And that's great. Because I believe, well, tell me, Emily, does that have an effect on your affections for Benji? Yeah, it does. Why? Yeah. It, I mean, it just reminds us of this is my love. I'm his love. You know, it's even funny. Like when, when we do get in an argument or have a disagreement, we still like, my love, why are you, you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it just, it, just awesome. it is what it is. That's, That's right. right. I, I really, you know, to me, and Scott's right, and we talk a lot about what's your culture like in your home. Culture is a very important part of culture across the world is language. Is language. Mm -hmm. language creates culture. Yeah. And so in your own home, it's, it is 
honor we can we can know what the temperature is like what the level of honor is just by sitting and listening to you in your home Mm -hmm. yeah what how do you speak to each other Mm -hmm. really is an indication of how what the level of honor is in in the home between the two of you yeah and the family yeah Jesus or Paul says it this way in Ephesians 5 33 as we wrap up this section on honor respectfully Paul said each one of you also must love speaking to husbands must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must see to it that she respect her husband and so I want you to think in terms of honoring I am to give love to Dawn out of honor for her out of submission to and out of reverence for Christ I am to give love unconditionally as we talked about in the first principle of, of responsibility that I pick up is to love unconditionally. The second one is to honor respectfully. I'm to give love to Dawn out of honor to her, for her, and she is to give respect to me. Now, often in our culture, we think, well, love, uh, we love unconditionally, but respect, Scott, is something earned. And I would say, no, that might be true in our culture, but not true biblically. Respect, as we see from Paul's admonition to wives, is wives, see to it that you respect your husband. Doesn't mean that he's earned it or deserved it, but it's much in the same way. Give him that which maybe he has yet to earn, but out of your reverence for Christ, give to your husband. Out of honor for your husband, give this respect to him, though he's yet to earn it. Because much like we're saying language leads our heart and language determines our culture our actions do as well Mm -hmm. and if dawn is acting towards me as though i and in a way of respect towards me i guarantee you when i feel her words and her actions are respectful of me and respecting me it is going to motivate me the goodness of god in me to respond in Likewise, yeah. and so, and I think uh, um, pr- you know processing who you are, who God made you to be, and who you are to Him helps me behave respectfully and helps me be able to speak respectfully. But to but to me, you know, the, but as we are moving into submit mutually, mm-hmm. respect a respectful um, demeanor from both of us. Add, bring creates that culture of honor. So it's mm-hmm. it isn't the scripture isn't saying only women behave respectfully. That's right. That's right. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not saying that. Nor husbands love. That's unconditionally. right. That's yeah. right. It's both. But yeah. um, but it is speaking to um, maybe speaking against our natural tendency. So mm-hmm. for a man, his natural tendency is to love himself. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they get out of the shower, they look in the mirror. I'm awesome. Look hunk at all that. Right. You know, yeah, that's, that's right. right. Mm-hmm. They don't, you know, it's natural for a man to love himself. Mm-hmm. And so being able to speak against that, to say, I want you to love your wife in that mm-hmm. way. I want you to, I want you to move her up to that first thought, uh, much like you have that first thought of you. And for a woman to speaking speaking to her, our natural inclination is to manipulate, to control, mm-hmm. and to dominate in mm-hmm. in relationship in a relationship with our husband when things aren't. That's a flesh pattern yeah. for us, right? Yeah. And so it speaks against that, and in, in in essence, saying, "No, I, I want you to I want you to battle that mm-hmm. with respect for your husband, yeah. with yeah. 
uh, treating them honorably, mm-hmm. not as if you want to come over them and press them down. Yeah. If this is all new concepts to you, if you're like, I have no idea what the three of y'all are talking about, let me encourage you to pick up a copy of Emerson Egrich's book, Love and Respect. Just Google Love and Respect, and I'm sure that uh, that book will come up. Emerson does a phenomenal job of fleshing out this idea that Dawn's talking about, built around Ephesians 5.33, of loving and respecting. And so it'll, it'll give you some more context to what we're talking about in this whole idea of the responsibility of honoring respectfully. Dawn's alluded to it, but let's finish out this episode with our, our third responsibility that we pick up, and that is to submit mutually. You've heard us, if you've listened to our episodes, you've heard us reference this passage several times. Ephesians 5.21 says it this way. Paul says there, and this actually just... As an aside, this is the passage, the verse that precedes what is often read, Ephesians 5, 22 through 33, at weddings. This verse often gets left out, and I'm like, why do they leave it out? This verse needs to really be the linchpin to the whole passage on how husbands and wives are to interact with one another. But Paul says it this way in Ephesians 5, 21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Let me say a few things about submission. Submission is given because we love and revere Christ. Our culture tends to view submission negatively. It's seen as a lording over someone to press them down. Honey, flesh out how I like the way that you talk about this idea of mutual submission, what it looks like biblically. Well, when we, um, you know, when we look at... um at at submission the world's perspective is um that you go down and that's where you stay you know submission is be the doormat you it has a very negative framework but biblical submission is really like an upside down bell curve you know mm-hmm. it go it's a down and then it's an up mm-hmm. there's a there's a going down a submitting an embracing of humility and then there's a raising on the other side. And as a, as Ephesians says, we do this out of reverence for Christ. That means that means we do it out of our we are we focus on Jesus mm-hmm. as we are practicing submission. And so how did Jesus practice submission? Well, it's very clearly demonstrated in if we look at his certainly his life. But a specific picture of that would be to me in the Garden of Gethsemane when Christ is wrestling with what God's will is for him, and he asks for this cup to pass from mm-hmm. him, mm-hmm. understanding that he is his desire would be is that would be an is there another way, mm-hmm. but ultimately he submitted to the Father's will, which was to place himself in the hands of imperfect earthly authority, mm-hmm. and as he did that, of course we know. They killed him. He went to the cross. He died. He went into the grave. And then uh, he was resurrected on the third day. And so for not only was Christ raised, but the scripture teaches us that there was more in that raising. We were also raised with Christ. Mm -hmm. And so the picture of submission here is that even though we may be asked to put ourselves in the hands of imperfect earthly authority, mm-hmm. when we do that, when God is asking us to do that, 
then there will be a raising. Yeah. We can count on a raising mm-hmm. on the That's other right. side of that, mm-hmm. that he will lift us up at the proper time and that there will be more in that raising. Mm-hmm. As we practice mutual submission in the home, then there is uh, times where we have to embrace humility, where we have to entrust ourselves to God at, that as he's asking us to do these things. But we can understand that God will bring fruitfulness mm-hmm. uh, from it. He will uh, bring a raising to our families, therefore to our churches, therefore to our communities and to our nation as we embrace this even in our own mm-hmm. homes. So it in the and the idea of of what um, of really kind of what it looks like to be the opposite of that when we when we look in the Old Testament and we look at the story of Cain and Abel and God is saying, to Cain, sin is crouching at your door, and its desire is to have you. Mm-hmm. If you think about the word picture of that, of a, a, a you know, of a cat sort waiting of waiting pounce. and just mm-hmm. sort of you know waiting to come over and press down mm-hmm. on the prey, mm-hmm. this is really sort of our natural inclination to be in control. Mm-hmm. We want to come over and press down. Mm-hmm. We talked about that of giving somebody priority. It's our naturalized, you know, to give ourselves the priority. Mm-hmm. We want to be the priority, but we want other people to come under our control. Mm-hmm. This is the opposite of that in marriage. This is coming under. This is uh, coming under to raise up in faith that Christ is going to, that God is going to bring a raising of fruitfulness out of our practice of humility and submission in the home. Mm-hmm. It's really walking in faith. I mean, you're really oh, yeah. putting... Your all your hat in to, to rely on the power of God That's to do right. what yeah. He says He's going to do. That is yeah. right. Which is a great way, Emily, for us to wrap this one up. Is as as we're encouraging our friends, we're reminding ourselves, guys. When we're recording these podcasts, we're basically just preaching the gospel to ourselves, and that we are, the three of us are reminding us what God has taught us and how we're to live our lives. But I can't help but imagine there's someone listening that is saying, I, I have no idea how to do this. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say to you, you can't do it alone. If you have yet to receive Christ as your Savior, I, I just want to lead you through a simple prayer. And if, you, if you're at a point and you're saying, Lord, I need help, but I don't know how to do it, can you guide me? If you're not a child of God, you, you need to receive Christ first before you can even begin to live the Christ life. So just if you will listen, I'm just going to pray a simple prayer and we'll close out this um, episode together. Father, I need you. I cannot do this life by myself. I cannot love my spouse as you have loved me. Lord, I pray that you would come into my heart, change me, and I trust you that as you're changing me, you will change our marriage. Lord, I receive you today as my Savior, and I ask you to live in me, through me, above me, and below me. I pray that you would encapsulate yourself around me, and live your life through me, that it makes a substantive difference in the way that I live my marriage with my partner. I trust my partner to you. I trust you to do in them and through them what I can never do for them. 
I know, Lord, that you want what's best for me. You know what's best for me, and your power can provide it. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Scott and Don, thank you guys so much. This has been a fun little three-part series on covenant marriage. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to the first two, it's, it's episode 24, 25, and then this one is 26. So we hope you'll tune back in for the next episode of the Forever Marriage Podcast.